Oh, thank God we survived 2022. Nothing bad can go wrong in 2023, right? Oh, no. What's that? Oh, my God. It's spoilers for The Host, directed by Bong Joon-ho, which this podcast contains. You have been warned. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glinsman Bunn, along with your host, Miguel Magusto. That's a me, Mario. <laughs> the old ways seem to stay. It's a me, Mario. Mario. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Yeah, how you doing? How was your holiday season and New Year? Oh, it's been it's been so swell. Uh, right right as the holidays started, you know. Gifts were given, everything when life was just chip, chip, cheerio. And then the 27th, I had a wicked fever, and I'm pretty sure for the last two weeks now that I've I've just had bronchitis. So this is great. This is why my yeah. voice sounds so pretty right now. Yeah, it sounds gorgeous. Mm-hmm. How how was your time though? Oh, it was it was all right. You know, oh. uh, things happened, places were there, and we went to them. <laughs> uh yeah it's uh i don't know mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. it's just because i'm getting older but i feel the the magic is gone from the christmas season for the most part i think um, it's just because we're so saturated with everything because i feel the same way like saturated with just so many different things we're not trying to go out as much people don't feel like hanging up things is the magic's not there anymore it's yeah. just sad yeah um, but yeah, it was it was fine. Otherwise, like it wasn't bad. It was just like, meh. yeah, it was it was there. It happened. It existed, and then it went away. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, I don't really have any complaints, but no, nothing to rave about either. Mm. Um, but uh, I did watch a lot of movies, and I know you watched okay. a little bit because it's been nearly a month, uh, yep. twenty nine days actually since we last recorded. Uh, so. What movies have you watched, Glenjamin Button? Oh, uh, let's. Be, uh, I'll just. I'm just gonna randomly name a bunch because I don't even know what I keep track of anymore. Hello, all you lovely people. Uh, this is Mike speaking. We talk about movies here at KFR for quite some time in this episode. Uh, so just to respect your time, if you want to just skip to our review of the host, skip to about the 27 minute and 15 second mark. I know it's a lot, but we had been uh, not talking about movies for about a month, so. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had both saw the whale. Yes. Uh, I'm pretty. Do we have a review for that? We do. We do have a review for that. That's what's yeah. crazy about you know working together so much is that mm-hmm. I don't even know what we review anymore. Uh, and then I think did, you just have a bad memory. I, I, I have a terrible fucking memory. It's I, crazy. At least like a month ago, I remember what we reviewed. Maybe not years ago, but I remember in the yeah. past month what we reviewed. So we, the whale is up. It's out there in the world. Uh, we also saw Babylon. That is up out in the world as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, from there, I was like, man, I, now that I'm thinking about it, I've never really seen that many Brendan Fraser films. Like, I've seen a handful. Like, like the ones that are, are big. Um, yeah. The Mummy, the jung- that, Georgia, yeah. the Jungle, the Dazzled, all that stuff. I've never seen the other ones. So I, I decided to go down a little rabbit hole. Uh, so I started with Blast from the Past, which is 
just a fun little film. Uh, he's just like a naive dude who was, you know, uh, stuck in a, a vault for God knows how many, 35 years. He, he basically, his family was from the 60s. They were in a bomb shelter, came back in the nice year of almost 2000. Mm. Dear God, the times have changed. It was a fun little film, cute, yep. adorable, and just bonkers. Uh, from there, I watched The Scout, uh, which also has Brendan Fraser, and it's got Albert Brooks in it. I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. Uh, nothing to really brag about, but, you know, Brennan was great. Albert Brooks was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, as far as, like, the movie itself goes, it was just okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then I watched a movie called Higher Learning, which has got a whole bunch of people like Omar Epps, uh, Christy Swanson, Jennifer Connelly, Ice Cube, Tyra Banks, and Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, a lot more, but I, it was just like, I saw uh, Lawrence Fishburne, I'm like, yeah, I gotta watch that. <laughs> and, and watching it, I, th- I think I realized that I had watched it before, but it's not enough, like, uh, you, you don't remember it as much. Yeah, I didn't remember it as much, so I was like, I definitely have watched this movie before. And then there's parts, I'm like, did I watch this movie? And then I'm like, I definitely watched it. I was back and forth like the whole time, but I had definitely watched it before. Uh, it was pretty good. Um, there was like a high school shooting, spoiler alert, in the movie. Oh. Uh, and that's what made me remember the movie. Uh, I was like, oh, that's definitely what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, so f- not fun. Uh, oh, thank you, Letterbox, so much for this ad that I have to listen to. Uh, anyway, <laughs> besides that, I watched another movie. It's got uh, Michael Shannon in it and Mojin Poots. Uh, called Frank and Lola. This movie pissed me so much off. I, yeah. I I could not stand it. Michael Shannon is like really good at being like this this jealous bastard uh, who's dating like this chick uh, who's got like a, a past and the it's so f- fucking annoying between the two characters because they're so unlikable that it's hard to watch the movie. Yeah, especially Imogen Poots. Uh, both of them they're both really fucking annoying like you just have to watch because I'm terrible explaining things of how annoying it is but I don't wish this upon you I gave it like I gave it a two out of five which is is being very kind um after that uh I watched a a documentary uh from the guy who is behind all gas no breaks and then moved on to do the channel five channel on Mm -hmm. YouTube uh it's called this place rules which was mostly about like uh, the Capitol riot on January 6th. Mm-hmm. Um, but it involves like so much more than that just around it. But that's mainly the topic. And it just, it, I texted Mike. I was like, dude, you, you kind of got to watch this, but you're going to lose your faith in America if there was any in the I, first place. I, I haven't had faith in America in about <clears throat> at, at least 10 years, if not more. Yeah. So. Same, pretty much my whole life. But, but yeah, still, I, like, I watched the trailer and I was like, I, I know for a fact I will not be able to watch this. I will be angry for for weeks after watching that. So, I, yeah. you know, it's best it's best for me to just ignore stuff like that. Uh, I love that guy. Um, uh, I forget his name, but the guy Andrew who does. Callahan. Yeah, uh, I love him. Uh, you know, he says Bryn Mawr is the least funny place in America, Bryn Mawr, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Uh, that's hilarious. Um, and uh, but it's uh, yeah, I just the subject matter and <coughs> the way he just lets people talk. I just know I would just be angry, which, you know, that's fine. That's kind of what you need with journalism, especially his style of journalism. But Mm -hmm. it's just, 
uh, it, it infuriates me just thinking about it, and I do not want to even it's, watch five minutes of that. I, it's, I'm assuming it's great, but... It's severely scary how, you know, just what people's minds and mouths do when a camera's pointed at them and the journalist doesn't say anything and just lets them go. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's that's what he's... That's why he's so good is because he just points a camera, doesn't give his unbiased opinion or like his opinion on it. Yeah. And just he lets, lets them people talk. expose themselves rather than getting them in a trap. And it, it's so sadly good. Uh, it's, it's just really heartbreaking to see. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't really run into these everyday people like somehow, but this guy is just captures everybody that you don't run into, but you know is wrong with America. Yeah. Well, they're uh, mostly in the in the <coughs> south and the, the they're Midwest. They're everywhere. It's just fucking scary. They're, they're everywhere, but they're, like that's where they're we're we're close enough to like Philly yeah. and New York, where it's you know a little less uh, out in the open. But mm-hmm. it's uh, just thinking about it makes my blood boil. Yep. Um, and then after that, on a little lighthearted note, uh, I watched Shin Godzilla because I there I, you go. I watched. Uh, well, this and the what was it? The 2015 Godzilla came out at the same, basically the same time. It wasn't. Uh, the, uh, it was. It was, uh, it was Godzilla's King King of the Monsters. Was it King that, of the Monsters that, or was it the first one? It was the I second guess, one. the The first one came out in 2014. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. Um, and Shin Godzilla and <coughs> King of the Monsters, I think, was 2017. Both of them. Because I remember promoting them both at the theater at, like, almost the same time. Like, there was, like, a six-month, like, difference. Yeah. But I remember, like, people boasting about this movie. Like, it was so good. Like, it... Mm-hmm. And, like, I wanted to see what all all of the uh, all of the boasting was about. And, uh, yeah, this fucking movie is kind of wild. Uh, other than, like, the, the clear, like, kind of... Not low-budget CGI, but you could tell it was mostly CGI... Other than that, this movie's phenomenal and just kind of crazy the things that Godzilla could do in this. Just, like, mm. him evolving versus, like, him just being a thing already. But, like, him, like, becoming, like, the, he was, like, a smaller version of him. And then he's slowly, slowly evolving into the Shin Godzilla. Yeah. And then, like, when he first does the, the nuclear breath or atomic breath, whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, a gas leak in the city streets. And then it erupts into the, like this fire and it's, I was like holy shit yeah and the the characters in it too were actually pretty good like with, with most of these Godzilla movies you can't obviously just have Godzilla on the screen for an hour and a half you have to have the human perspective too and with this like it was mostly like government officials and stuff instead of yeah. like just the regular human on the it's street it's a procedural of a, like what would happen yeah in the government if that happened and the I Japanese thought, government specifically, yeah. um, and then like foreign, uh, the f- foreign lands too, getting involved and be like, if you're not fucking dealing with this, we're gonna deal with it. And then it, it was just pretty cool. Um, I was kind of surprised at least how good the human aspect was. Mm-hmm. I was a, a little saddened by how the CGI looked, but I, I got over that pretty quick. But uh, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. I feel like there was a couple shows that I watched. Uh, and I can't remember for the obviously life of me. Well, you watched the bear. Let's talk about I the bear. I did watch a little the bit. bear. Yeah, um, so, and then you recommended it to me, and I watched the entire thing in a day, which I haven't done yeah, since I well before my 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 boy was born. Oh, I almost did the same, but I, I think I sp- spread it out into two days. 
It's a pretty yeah. short series. Um, yeah. Or I don't know. It's probably normal, and we just cranked it out so fucking fast. Uh, it's uh, it's eight thirty minute <laughs> episodes, so okay. Um, it's it's pretty short. But yeah, I, I had heard uh, through the grapevine of life that this was actually a pretty good show, and how good like uh, the the main actors like style is throughout it, and that's what I mostly heard of it. Like, oh, it's this good cooking show. Like it deals with like restaurant life, but his style in it is impeccable, and he pulls off a white shirt so hard. I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? <laughs> so, why why is a white shirt considered style? That's it's, just like it's like the style, or it's like that specific white shirt has been around for so long, and people didn't know about it. They're like, man, that shirt fits that guy so well. We all need to know what that shirt is. And that's, that's like that's just like a basic Hanes. It, uh, apparently it wasn't <laughs> and that's what people were so crazy about it for Ugh. other than obviously the phenomenal acting and so the much. show people lose their shit over the most basic shit in fashion it's so fucking <laughs> fear infuriating <laughs> have you seen that white shirt by god um, but anyway i i watched the show and i was pleasantly surprised with how good it was um because we all know uh, what's what's the guy's name we all know the one guy from Sh- shameless and he really, he's been in a few things, but he hasn't been in anything crazy. And I think this is kind of on par with his Jeremy Allen White's his name. Jeremy Allen White, yeah. I think this is on par with uh, him and his performance with uh, Shameless. Probably, That's just a basic better, white t-shirt. I'm looking at it right now. Like, I'm pretty sure I have like 50 of these in my closet. Granted, I'm not in shape, so it doesn't <laughs> look as good on me. But like, calm the, the fuck the down, fashion, people. Please, you guys are the me. fucking idiots that are spending like thousands of dollars on Kanye West sweats. So how about you calm the fuck down, you idiots? God damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, after that, I've, I've, I was on and off with some other shows, but I got back into The Walking Dead a little bit. I'm on like halfway through season two. There's a bunch of memes going on through TikTok where it's just... Uh, John Bernthal running through fields like, what is that? What is that? <laughs> I was like, I got to watch this fucking show again. Yeah. Because I, I stopped at, I believe, season four or five, which is like when most people dropped off. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to pick it up. And I dropped off season two because I had, like, I that entire season I was just pissed off because fans of the show just kept spoiling it. Uh, and, yeah. like, it was, like, the first big show that, like, people didn't care about spoilers uh, the night that it aired. Like, you know, because everyone doesn't have a life and everyone's a a show. This was back before streaming, too. So it was like you had to watch it then or wait like a week before it was on the streaming service. So, yeah, people were fucking or pirate it, which is what I did. Um, Yeah. So I I just got so mad at people uh, spoiling. I was like, I don't even fucking care anymore. These people are toxic. Um, But other than that, uh, I watched the host, which we shall get into a moment. But Mike. Come on, buddy. Well, I watched The Bear and 35 movies. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not going to say all of them, uh, at least go into detail about all of them. Um, first one I watched is The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Stupid fun. That's all I'm going to say about stupid it. Stupid fun. Stupid fun. Uh, then we watched, you and I both watched Avatar Way of the Water. Um we have a review for that on the YouTube, so you can find out our thoughts. Uh, but, uh, yeah, PTSD, flashbacks. Uh, ha- has it been bad for you working this? Because it was horrible for me when I worked it. What, Avatar? Yeah. Uh, I didn't work during Avatar. Oh. Other than the second one. Um, well, that's obviously. what I meant, the second one. No, it wasn't that bad. Um, yeah. I mean, the IMAX shows were doing really good. 
Mm-hmm. And like, obviously we're, you know, happy with, you know, any business at all because movie theaters are kind of plummeting yeah. as far as the crowds go. But, um, the, the IMAX was doing very well, but it was, it's not like, you know, any of the other blockbusters, not even like most of the blockbusters we've had in the past five years. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, these poor kids would not know those movies. Imagine opening for infinity war. Oh I mean, my God! The, these kids would not last a second. No, like, no, they oh, man, this was pretty hard. No, it wasn't. No, I, I guarantee you that like what Avatar is right now was probably like a slightly busy September it was, night. It was a Monday for, morning during Infinity War or some shit. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. it was, it was, it was easy. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, you can check out a review for that on the YouTube. Uh, then, like you said, I watched The Whale and Babylon. Uh, scrolling through here. Then I watched the Swedish, a few movies in between, but I watched the Swedish version of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, haven't mm-hmm. seen, well, now I've seen the first Swedish one. Uh, haven't seen the rest of the trilogy. I'm going to eventually, I have it on my Netflix DVD queue. Yes, they still sell DVDs. Uh, that's how I watch a lot of <laughs> movies that aren't on streaming services, although that probably is. I just didn't check. Uh, then I watched a film of for the 1001 movies you must see before you die called a matter of life and death uh it's a movie about this guy who thinks he's gonna die radios in in world war ii he thinks he's gonna die so he radios in to tell uh these people where his body's going to be because he's jumping out of a plane without a parachute because he doesn't have a parachute and the plane's going down uh and but he survives uh and then cut to heaven and they're one person short uh doesn't this sound familiar soul that soul. is that is kind of the synopsis of Soul. So it's obvious that that's where Pixar got their inspiration. Uh, Matter of Life and Death. This was actually pretty charming. Uh, if nineteen forty six film, really enjoyed it for the most part. Um, and it's uh, you know it's just an interesting movie. I do suggest hmm. people check that out. Uh, then I rewatched The Banshees of Inner Sheeran because it's such a great fucking movie. It's so good. It's so fucking good, and people should really check it out. Uh, then I watched Bardo's False Chronicle, uh, or sorry, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, which is, in, uh, Alejandro G. Inuruto's latest film that's on Netflix. Uh, this got torn up a lot. It was, it's very split decision for people reviewing. Um, a lot of people hate it. I honestly don't see why. I think it's a great movie. Uh, is it long? Yes. Is it kind of convoluted? Yes. But I feel like it's... It's, you know, reflective enough of, like, the human psyche and everything. Like, there's enough there to connect with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's funny. It, you know, it's kind of, it's a comedic film of, uh, in, in some parts. Um, so, yeah, I feel like people are bashing on it for really no reason. Uh, so I, I do suggest that to people. Uh, you might not like it, but I think you should make your own opinion rather than listening to uh, reviews for this one that is on Netflix. Uh, then I watched uh, a couple other movies, followed by Roald Dahl's Matilda the Musical, that is also <laughs> on Netflix. Uh, Matilda, the Danny DeVito direct uh, directed version from the 90s, I don't remember exactly which year, uh, that was a constant play, uh, constant film at the Hicks household when I was a child. Same uh, here. So I was I was interested in this one. You know, I like the, the story of Matilda. Uh, and this musical uh, slaps way harder than it should. 
Uh, I've only seen like the memes of them doing the dance numbers and then like they're playing Rob Zombie or some shit in the background. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that's all yeah. I've gotten. I'm like, like, hey, this goes hard. It, you think it would just be like a, a, a shitty child's <clears throat> musical, but it's actually pretty fucking good. Uh, the, my only complaint about this is that the the uh, Bruce, I think his name, or is it Boris, the guy, fat kid who eats the chocolate cake? I feel like it's um, probably Boris. Uh, it's one of those. It's with a B. Uh, I know that for... Actually, I don't know that for a fact. Hold on. Stand by. It is Bruce. I was right. Ah. Uh, so, uh, in this one, they have a kid who is obviously not normally fat, and then just have him wear a padded suit. Uh, so if we want to talk about Fat Phobia and the Whale, let's talk about the Fat Phobia and Roll Dolls of Patilda the Musical. Yeah, I bet. Uh, no, I, I don't think it's Fat Phobic, but I think it is kind of shitty to be, uh, you know taking a kid and then making him wear a fat suit mm -hmm. and then, uh, you know, have young fat kids look at that and just be like, I guess I'm not good enough, you know? I, I thought that was fucked up. But other than that, it's a solid film. I, again, obviously I don't blame the actor playing him either. I, this is a directorial decision that I think is shitty. Uh, and of course you don't want the kid to actually get fat for the role. Mm -hmm. But just uh, hire a fat kid so he can not be ashamed of himself. That's mm -hmm, all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, But yeah, it's really good. I highly suggest people check that out. Uh, then I watched a film from, I want to say, uh, Georgia, the country, not the state, um, called Tangerines. It might be Estonia, but it takes place in Georgia, too. Uh, the country, not the state. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's a film about a war in, in that area in the 90s, I want to say. Uh, and takes place on a tangerine farm. Uh, it had been a film that I wanted to see since it was released in the U.S. in 2014. Finally got around to it. Really solid film. Check, highly uh, suggest people check that out. Uh, then I watched uh, a French film called Petite Maman, which is a uh, film about a little girl who uh, her grandmother died and her mom takes it really hard, obviously, because it's her mom. Mm -hmm. And uh, the little girl kind of goes back in time and hangs out with her mom when her mom when she, uh, her mom was her age. Oh, that's pretty nice. Um, yeah, so it's like a really touching. It's really it's only uh, seventy two minutes too, an hour and twelve minutes. Really, so it's like a really fast watch, uh, and it's on Hulu. So I suggest people check it out. It's it's very touching movie. I I, I liked it a lot. Um, so that's P Petite Maman. Then I watched. Uh, let's see. Requiem for a Dream. I rewatched that because I... Oh, it's, sorry about your eyes. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I don't get that, but other than the close-up of the eyes. Is uh, that why? Just the, the, the rawness of the movie. I'm sorry you had to rewatch oh, yes. that. Uh, well, yeah, I watched it for the, the, the 1001 movies. I had seen it already, but it came up on the thing. And I was like, I'm going to mm -hmm. rewatch that. Uh, so yeah. Uh, really like that movie. <laughs> then I watched The Sea Beast. Because uh -huh. there are whispers that it might be nominated for a, a, a Stony. There is whispers, um, I hear. There are whispers. Uh, uh, the Academy, half of the Academy, really needs to catch up on watching movies that may be that, nominated. That guy's lazy as shit, I'll tell you what. <laughs> uh, in fact, he's not lazy. That's why he's not watching yeah. these movies. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was solid. Uh, yeah. Parts of it were really, really good. Uh, parts of it were lackluster. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I remember you saying you wish that there was more of the, the underwater creatures. life, the sea life. Yeah. Uh, 
that was absolutely missing from it, but you know, it's a solid film regardless. Uh, then without you, cause you abandoned me. Oh, um, oh. I watched a man called Otto with Tom Hanks based mm-hmm. on a film we did a couple of weeks ago or two months ago called a man called Uwe. Um, this one was good, but not as good as a man called Ove. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people who haven't seen a man called Ove are really going to like it. But if you're like us, which have seen a man called Ove, uh, if it leaves a lot to be desired. And uh, also my, me, who's kind of fatigued out of Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh, Papa Hicks watched it. My dad watched yes. A Man Called Otto, and he loved it. And then I told him to watch A Man Called Ove because I thought it was better. And he said, I think the opposite. And then I was like, it's, pro- he, it's probably just one of those situations which it depends on what you see first. Yeah. Um, which I get. It's it's the it's literally the same beats of everything. Uh, a man called Ove has more backstory, but the beats are pretty much exactly the same. And people uh, do do love that Tom Hanks. They they, really they do. do. Uh, then I watched the Christian Bale film that is on Netflix called The Pale Blue Eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about a it's like a murder mystery and uh, that has Edgar Allan Poe as a character who is played by Harry Melling. Uh, decent film. Uh, I think I've it's been a, getting ads for it out the ass. I think aesthetically, it's better than it is like as a whole. Like it, it's a beautiful film to look at, uh, and the acting's really good. But the story's just like eh, it's okay. Yeah. Um, Harry Melling's really good in it, uh, and uh, yeah, there's that. Uh, then I watched Mathrigan, also known as Megan. <laughs> uh yeah another one we were supposed to watch together but i abandoned you you did abandon me uh and i have a feeling you're gonna abandon me this week too but we'll get we'll talk about that later we'll, we'll, see. we'll see we'll see uh yeah it's it for for mathrigan it's not comedy it's not comedic enough and it's not scary enough yeah because it's a horror comedy so it should be one of those and it's neither uh Interesting. so yeah i think People it is. Probably... It is kind of doing what people expected and blowing up on the internet and just yeah. like the memes from it, just from it her dancing and all that shit. Movie. Whoever wrote it knew what they were doing, and um, that's why it's going to do well, <laughs> which is yeah. funny. But yeah, then I watched the host, which we'll get into in a minute. Two more movies missing uh, was the Regal Mystery Movie of the Month. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same people who did the movie Searching with uh, John Cho. I think his name, his first name is John. Is that correct? I believe so. I could um, be wrong. He uh, from uh, Harold Kumar. Harold that Kumar. Guy. Uh, but yeah, it's, it takes place entirely on a computer screen. Someone's trying to find a loved one. This is, takes place in the same world, but does not have any of the same characters. And it, but is the exact same premise. Someone goes missing, and it's just from their computer screen as they try to find mm-hmm. uh, find them. Uh, surprisingly good, as was Searching. They were both like way better than they had any business being. Um, but you know, they're they're not like amazing. They're just like, wow, that was pretty enjoyable. Okay, time to move on. Yeah. Uh, so, so moving on, then last night I watched a uh, Brazilian film called Mars One, which is also on Netflix. Netflix has been getting a lot of deep, good movies lately. Um, I feel like they heard people saying that their movie selection has been shit lately. So well, they, their price went up too, so they got to kind of bring it, that's bring true. it together. They, they got to make it uh, uh, worth, worth it. it. Uh, but yeah, this was just like a Brazilian family <laughs> drama where like, small things keep happening to kind of tear the family apart mm-hmm. uh and it's it's really uh it's a, it's a beautiful film highly suggest people check it out i don't want to go too much into it just for those who do watch it but that's all i watched you know damn near 30 minutes later that's all yeah that's all so let's get into the host mr kim formaldehyde 
dirty formaldehyde. Pour them into the sink. A monster emerges from Seoul's Han River and begins attacking people. One victim's loving family does what it can to rescue her from its clutches. Directed by Bong Joon-ho, written by Bong Joon-ho, Wong Joon-ha, and uh, Chul Young-baek. Uh, I apologize to all of Korea for butchering that pronunciation. Uh, starring Song Kang-ho, Byung-hee Bong, Park Ha-il, and Ba Duna, uh, or Bae Duna, and uh, Ko Ah-sung as well. This movie mm -hmm. uh, came out originally in 2006. Uh, it was the second Korean film I'd ever watched, second to uh, Old Boy. Uh, and as much as I loved Old Boy, I thought that was like a one and done. And then this rewatching it, I was like, "Wow, Korean films really have something new and exciting." Where they kind of shift tonally throughout a film, where something can be scary and funny and and sad and touching all at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it kind of defies genre, transcends genres, if you will. Um, so I, I really wanted, I, I had you pick this. I have a list of films I want to go over this year. Uh, and then I had you pick a number. You, the one, number you picked coincided with this. So we watched it. Uh, but I'm glad I rewatched it because, uh, I didn't realize how much of this movie I had actually forgotten. There um, is literally the same situation for me. Um, yeah. This was one of the movies you had me watch when we uh, were first together as friends and mm -hmm. gave me homework assignments like a clever bastard you are. Um, but yeah, there's, there's like you said about the movie, like there's just so much to it. And tonally, it's, it's all over the place, but in a good way. Yeah. And there's, but at the end of the day, I don't know why, but I forgot more than half of the movie, to be honest with you. Same. But then again, there I've watched a shit ton of movies since then, so yeah. it I think it's okay. Well, I, I I also think it's kind of a, a victim of its own greatness in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much everything I remembered was from the first 30 minutes, if not a little bit more. Um, and then a little bit of the end as well. Uh, but like the, the opening sequence in the park by the river is so goddamn memorable. Uh, like you it's, remember... It's so good that it should feel like a short film just on that part alone. Yes, yes. And and because that is so good, pretty much once uh essentially once you find out that uh the the little girl uh character's name is uh Hyung Seo, uh mm -hmm. when you find out that she's still alive in the sewer, you kind of I don't want to say you I, you forget it, but like the, it's the it's anticipation not the, it, to find out if she's alive or not is gone. Exactly. It didn't stick with me the the middle part uh, uh, as much as the beginning and then the end as well. Um, mm -hmm. But like it's it's just so well made, and that's not even a knock on the middle. It's just like you did such a good job in the beginning that I'm sorry, I'm not going to really remember these 
less than stellar parts. Yeah. Uh, they're still good, just not at, like mind blowing good, like the opening is. Um, but the the thing that really got me, I knew you know Korean films are known for their tonal shifts and everything and their combination of genres, gender be- uh, gender bending, genre gender bending, bending. <laughs> genre bending. Excuse excuse the uh, faux pas there. Um, but uh, the the uh, when they're kind of mourning over Hyung Seo when they think she's dead. It's shot purposefully. I hope it's purposefully. If not, Bong Joon Ho has grown a lot since then. Uh, that it kind of makes their mourning funny. There, there. It's a family of over exaggerated emotioned people. Yes, and I don't know if that's a cultural thing with Korea. If it is, I I do apologize. But like, if as horrible as it sounds, if we saw people doing that in the United States. Yeah. Uh, not at the time, but probably a little bit later, it would probably become like an in-joke for people who saw that. Um, I think, I think it, I feel like it was purposely done like that. Yeah, that's, that's what I, that's why yeah, I'm saying. It's, I, Cause I, it's such I a, it's a tonal shift and like this serious thing in the beginning that just happened. And then it changes to where these guys are in this, this morning room with all the, you know, the, and they keep the falling dead pictures yeah, Song just... Kang Ho's hand just keeps coming into screen, uh, screen to grab people, <laughs> and pull them down. People around. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so if if it wasn't intentionally <clears throat> funny, like I honestly want to move to Korea just for that. Like, obviously, mourning is is something very personal to people. Yeah, but like it, it is a little entertaining. I don't think that's how they actually mourn. I want to be very clear. I'm, I'm yes. saying that purposefully to kind of be a a, a dick for fun. But uh, it's it, it, it was definitely shot in a way that I thought was humorous, and I do think it was intentional. Uh, but I did want to preface that I don't know his intentions for certain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that that whole like funeral part was was sadly hilarious. I, I didn't mm-hmm. want to laugh, but it was it was really funny. Yeah, uh, it's just it's definitely a, I don't want to laugh, but this is funny. <laughs> just the exaggerations of it, and there's there's something that this film does very well where. Like you're following this family trying to like find the, this this granddaughter or daughter or whoever's perspective you want to watch it from, uh, this family member. Um, you're you're with them, and then the government's like got this hand in it where they're like, "Hey, don't don't you can't go out there. You can't go out into the public. You've got this virus." And th- there's people who are like, "Oh, well, if the government said it, well, that means it's true." And mm-hmm. it's just shit like that, and it's weirdly, accurately scary, and like. Because, you know, the government's not always true. Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert for real life people. Yeah. Um, it hit and, different in a post-COVID world. Yeah. Or, you know, during COVID, because I know well, COVID's still a thing. That's, but. that's another funny thing, is like, they're taking this virus or whatever so fucking serious, but even, um, uh, Park Namju, her character, well, that character, um, she even mentions like there's this serious virus going around and the doctors aren't even wearing masks right now. Like they have like everybody had the mask on their chin, just like Yeah. Just like we all basically did during COVID. Yeah. Like, oh man, it's this serious thing. Let me just wear this chin strap. Let me get some fresh air real quick. <laughs> it's it was just it was just so funny just to see like everybody's reaction. Like, oh man, this guy's dying, he's gonna spread this thing, and then 
they're not even doing any precautions really. Like they're putting yeah. him in, they're putting they him in a body bag. They wrap him in a shower bag. curtain at one point. Yeah, they put him in a body bag and then just like put him with everybody else normally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Which makes him for some really comedic moments. Uh, Song Kang Ho's comedic <laughs> delivery in this is fantastic. He is such an underrated actor. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm glad that Parasite kind of made him more of an international name. I, you know, not to brag or anything, but I knew about him before. Because mm-hmm. of this movie, Memories of Murder, Snowpiercer, etc. Uh, all Bong Joon-ho movies, funnily enough. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and Taxi Driver. I saw Taxi Driver uh, a, a little bit. But it, he's he's got such great comedic... Uh, such a great comedic presence. Um, but then can turn it on a dime. Yeah. Uh, which everyone saw in Parasite. You know, he's kind of like the <laughs> lovable goofball until the very end when he's kind of had enough, uh, kind uh, finally had enough and seen how terrible everyone is, and he's just so great at doing that. Like you know, switching on a dime from you know lovable goofball to uh, uh, you know defensive sad father. It's it's yeah. such a believable performance from him. And what's what's really funny about his character in this is just like how slow he is, or like as if he's like on some sort of spectrum or something. But yeah. he's basically fucking invincible to everything that's going on in this movie. <laughs> yep. Like nothing bothers him as far as like even if there was the actual virus or anything like that. There's you could clearly see like he's scratching his back and all this stuff. But like there's even like a. a this this what is it called? Uh, Agent Yellow, where it's it even says like, oh, this is very this is very bad for everybody, uh, mostly women, children, or, uh, yeah. older older people. Just and you see people like spitting up blood, uh, spitting up later. blood, all this shit, bleeding out the ears, and he's just walking through. He's like, yeah. There's a there's a point where it, he has a lobotomy, <laughs> and it <laughs> seems it seems to fix him more than anything. He becomes yeah. more. Not slow witted, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's just so funny to see how like that he was like just this this like dumb goofy character and just how just invincible he is to everything throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's he's really funny. Um, also, you know, this I saw this a, a pre Walking Dead uh, time. You know, two thousand six, mm-hmm. about four years <laughs> before Walking Dead. Uh, five years before uh, Scott Wilson was on it as Herschel Walker, I think his character's mm-hmm. name is Walking Dead. And that's so a it, really funny thing to be doing. I literally just was watching Walking Dead, there, like mid-season yeah. through the the farm and everything, and then I turned this movie on. I'm like, oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, Scott Wilson. Yeah, Scott Wilson plays the doctor. That kind of rest in peace. Uh, yeah, rest in peace, Scott Wilson. He's, he was a phenomenal actor. Um, but uh, he. <sighs> plays the doctor who kind of gives the order to dump all the formaldehyde into he, the he's the guy the, who makes this movie happen <laughs> yeah he makes this movie happen he's he, he uh he gets his his uh not co-worker his employee to dump the formaldehyde which then mutates the fish mm-hmm. into being this giant monstrosity and uh, it, you know it's just cool kind of seeing him all and because then, of dusty bottles that you can just dust of, off he hates dust yeah and then, of course, uh, they had Paul Lazar as well, um, who, you know, he's, he's not as well known as Scott Wilson, but he's, mm-hmm. he's in things, um, let's see, I'm trying to find out. I, I mean, I know him from Snowpiercer, but that's also Bong Joon-ho. Uh, he's in... Silence of the Lambs. He, he's in Silence of the Lambs, he's in Law and Order. Uh, you know, people, uh, people have seen him. He, he's one of those guys, you're like, oh, it's that guy. 
you yeah. know, uh, Philadelphia, he's in that. Uh, and it's just cool seeing, you know, American actors that you recognize in this. Because uh, I feel like a lot of the time it's American actors that you have no idea who they are. Yeah. Um, in Korean films, that is. Like Squid Games, none of the Amer- American actors in that are recognizable to me. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I, I just thought that was fun to see. Uh, but the, the, going to the creature design, um, it's such a unique design too, you know, they could have easily just done like a, done like a lizard person, uh, or a lizard, uh, you know, anthropomorphic lizard and, and yeah. they do this like weird, it looks like a giant mutated fish that grew legs. Like, I, yeah. it, it looks exactly what, like what it's supposed to be. I read that, um, he got inspired by this or to make this film because of like somebody in the Han river caught this weird fucking S spined sh- like shaped fish. And he's yeah. like, Oh, I'm going to make a movie about that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's pretty cool. Except for um, in Korean. I, I don't know enough Korean to say those words. Yeah, so. You should probably stay away from that too, just to yeah. be safe. Um, but it, it's, it, you know, I've always loved monster movies. I've loved Godzilla. Um, I'm blanking on... I know The Mummy's technically a monster movie. Frankenstein's hmm. a monster movie. I've always been fascinated with monster movies, especially when they're giant monsters like this and Godzilla. And, uh, you know, not Cloverfield, because that came from uh, a from J.J. Abrams, who I'm not a huge fan of. Um, not that I have any problem with Cloverfield or J.J. Abrams. I enjoy Abrams. Cloverfield, just, people. Don't that's, worry. That's fine. I, I just... I think it is overrated, personally yes. speaking. Um, but, I, you know, I was also, at the time when I saw that, tired of found footage films. So I wish they capitalized... I know we're kind of off track, but I wish they capitalized on those movies, like making a sequel to it, off yeah. the hype of it. And that yeah. wasn't a found footage one. Well, they did 10 Cloverfield Lane, but that was like 10 years later. Yeah, but it's like a weird, like, universal thing where it's like multiversal or whatever the fuck, where it's yeah. not the same creatures or whatever. They're so vague about it all. Yeah. It could would have been cool just to, like, do another movie off of that first one and mm-hmm. the Cloverfield monster and all that shit. But like the I, same exact story, same exact town, just not yeah. with the uh, annoying idiots that were in that one. Yep. Um, but, you but, know, uh, I digress. Yeah, we both digress. Uh, but, yeah, I, I was just, you know, I love the monster movie aspect of this. Um, I love the family aspect of this. I love the, the government lying to the citizens aspect of this, where there wasn't actually an illness. Yeah. Uh, it's just a fun, creative movie overall. Uh, that kind of made, I mean, was it? I think this made Bong Joon-ho a, a this this put him on the map. Name. Yeah, yeah, this put him on the map in the states. He was, I mean, he he had memories of murder beforehand, which was also big in the states, but not nearly as big as the host was. Uh, because yeah, it was, it's more it was of a, this, a and then Snowpiercer definitely put him on because it yeah. had more American actors and all that. Yeah, it was certainly the first one that I saw. Yeah, uh, of his, um, and I have since he's gone on to become one of my favorite. Uh, directors, you know, with Parasite, uh, Okja, uh, Barking Dogs Never Bites, a really good one that I think mm-hmm. doesn't get enough love. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a great director, and uh, I don't really have anything <sighs> negative to say about this movie. You know, then, it's I it's, think it, it maybe draws out a little bit in the middle, which is where it kind of becomes forgettable. But, yeah, which which we talked about already. It's it's yeah. kind of just a 
uh, kind of a, a failure of its own design on how good the fucking beginning was yeah. that it's yeah. just like oh man and then you find out what's going on with the little girl and you're like man i would have not liked to known that at all <laughs> yeah i think that's um, but it's also like some of the most charming aspects of it yeah. are the little girl trying to survive in the sewer uh, and it's also got some of the best horror elements with like the monster vomiting up all the skeletons and yeah. all that. Um, and, and, uh, I think it's like, I feel like if it was rushed in the middle too, we would have said that though. Yeah. Like, I feel like be, because of the way the beginning is designed, no matter how the middle turned out, we would have been like, Oh, that's too fast. It's too slow. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, too funny, not funny enough, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think I think the best part of the movie to me, be, obviously besides the beginning, is just the interactions with the family, like the family members, and just yeah, how crazy all of them were, like how different personalities they all were, but were such a a dopey, like lovable family towards each other, even though they kind of like punched each other around and all that. They're like yeah, but uh, I think them all were were them all were great. Yeah. Thank quote they, guys. They be good. They be good family. They be good very family. Good. Love each other very much. Mm-hmm. And uh, eat eat food together mm-hmm. sometimes. And even um, the the end was kind of devastating to where like what you th- what you thought was like her dying in the beginning, she ends up actually spoiler alert we we're already there but whatever. Um, that, that the little girl actually does die at the end and you're like, yeah. fuck all that, all that work they just did. And then like they save this little boy who, you know, the, the girl befriended and tried to escape with yeah. and he acts just, just like gang do. Um, yeah. So he, he naturally adopts him. He, yeah. He adopts the kid and kids homeless, by the way, he, yes. he doesn't have any family. It's not like he's just taking it from but someone he had, else. He had a brother, didn't have a brother anymore. <laughs> yeah. He did not have a brother by the end of the movie. <laughs> um, but it was park gang do killed him. No, it was, it was pretty adorable how they, they loved this little girl so much. And then, you know, everything happened and it was very tragic. And then he ended up adopting this kid who, is basically just another version of himself. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Which was it's a, which was kind it's a of very adorable. sweet movie. And he also had like uh, um, Gang Du has his, uh, his his shit together at the end. You know, yeah, he He's still kind of got his shit together after a lobotomy. Yeah, <laughs> hey, lobotomies work, okay? Yeah. Um, no, that, that's honestly that's false. That's false news, guys. <laughs> that is false news. I'm pretty sure lobotomies are illegal now. They're very uh, illegal. Yeah, but uh, I, for the longest time, I thought my grandfather had a lobotomy because he was schizophrenic and was in and out of mental hospitals for a long time in the 50s mm-hmm. and 60s. Um, so I just assumed that everyone had a lobotomy if they went to a mental institution. <laughs> of course. So like up until. Uh, uh, not that, or it was a long time ago, but it's way too old to be thinking lobotomies are an okay thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I was thinking that they were, you know, actually helpful until I was like 14 or 15 years old. Yeah. And then I, I watched something and I was like, oh, no, no, it's not good. Yeah, like uh, just, J- JFK's sister. That was a pretty yeah. tragic uh, example yeah, of that. Very, I, yeah, I didn't know about that. I just assumed my grandfather had and that he was fine now. But it really was, he was just <laughs> taking medication. I was so, like, wow, he's doing pretty good. <laughs> And the thing is, no one told me that he had one. I just saw a movie where a lobotomy was a thing, knew yeah. that he was in men- mental institutions, and just made the connection. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know how stupid kids do that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kid brains be wild. Kid brains do be wild. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got to say about the host. Uh, lobotomies mm-hmm. are not good, uh, and neither are mutated 
uh, fish, fish monsters. Things. Yeah. So don't pour formaldehyde into the sink. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. All right. All right. So that does it for a review for the host. That brings us to the judgment. As always, needs to be unanimous decision whether or not it goes on the KFR shelf for the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. Uh, this was my pick, so I get to go first. Uh, I really enjoyed it again. Uh, I remember vividly the first time I watched this movie. I remember watching the movie more than I remember the movie itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was me and my friend, who you know, Danny Lingenfelder. Oh. We ordered we ordered Domino's. We moved my TV into the living room, uh, my bedroom TV into the living room, so we could have a couch to watch it on. Uh, and then uh, we watched it, and bless him, because he doesn't like movies near, nearly as much as I do. I hope he liked this <laughs> as much as I did. Uh, but yes, this goes on the shelf for me. Uh, yeah, it, it's an automatic win for the duo yes. of KFR. KFR, Bong Joon-ho. Honestly, I have yet to see a movie of his that I would not put on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. Just personally speaking. Uh, it's very versatile. Yeah. So, the host goes on to the uh, KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaid, and that brings <sighs> us to next week's movie. Glenn. Oh. It's your turn to pick. What is your first movie that we are going to review in 2023 i'm doubling down on you bastards that's right i'm doing it i'm giving you another korean film to watch yes um i had i don't uh, know what that was i'm so sorry oh i had heard through the grapevine that this was a pretty good fucking movie uh and i was like man i gotta watch that and saw that you have it on a watch list i'm like man we gotta watch that So we're going to go ahead and do that, obviously. It's called The Gangster, The Cop, The Devil. Oh, yeah, with Ma Dong Seok. I'm 먼저 잡는 사람이 갖는 거지. 오케이, 콜. 깡패가 형사랑 악마를 잡는다. 마지막에 우리가 잡으면 게임 쎄. 결국엔 우리가 잡을 수밖에 없어. 상해 셋이 목숨 걸고 게임을 했는데 끝은 봐야지. A crime boss teams up with a cop to track down a serial killer. Uh, I had briefly seen like a... <laughs> I'm sorry, the way you said that sounded like a radio host. Yeah, a serial fuck that killer. Captain Crunch bastard. <laughs> We're going to get him. Cocoa Puffs. We're going <laughs> to annihilate him. <laughs> um, I'm obviously most likely going to butcher some names, so I apologize for that. It is directed and written by Wan Tae Lee. Uh, stars Mei Dong Seok. Uh, John Bae Su, uh, Mu Yol Kim, uh, Kim Song Kyu. I'm actually, I feel like I'm doing pretty good. I mean, it, there's, I probably my, there's probably minute differences in pronunciation that yeah. Koreans would be able to point out, but I think you're doing all right. Yeah, uh, and I'll stop there before, just getting ahead of myself. <laughs> um, I had saw, like, 
I'm, I'm on TikTok way more than I should be. I know it's a New Year's resolution to get the fuck off of the thing. Yeah, but, stop watching TikToks and watch um, movies, man. But sometimes it helps you in cases like this, where like this wasn't on my radar, but I saw a scene within it, and I was like, man, that's really heartbreaking. Um, basically, this this gangster dude is just you know he kind of befriends this 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 girl, and then shit goes super duper south yeah. <laughs> real quick. And I was like, oh shit. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do this one right here. The gangster, yeah. the cop. Uh, did you say where it's available? I didn't, but I was gonna leave you guys waiting. It's pretty much fucking everywhere. <laughs> um, mostly, most places you have to rent it, but the ones you can stream it for free with ads. Uh, da, 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 there's hopefully Fubo. not as many ads as uh, the host oh, had. Oh God, I hope not. There was like 40 minutes of ads, people. It was yeah. driving me bonkers. Every yeah. nine minutes. Anyway. I watched it on DVD except for the last like 30 minutes um, yep. because my DVD is old and froze. Uh, and then I watched that and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it, many ads. I actually, I took a little dirt nap because during commercials, it's like five mm-hmm. minute commercials too. Yeah. Anyway, besides that, streaming, uh, some of these are subs and some of them are ads and some of them are straight up free. So I apologize. Uh, but the free ones specifically are Canopy and Plex, and the ones with ads are Tubi, uh, Voodoo, Redbox, Crackle, Pluto, and whatever the hell this green play button, Korea On Demand, and Freebie. Yeah. So it, it's it's pretty much yeah. on every platform. If you, you can also do, rent it, it looks like for three dollars. Yeah, uh, which in my opinion is worth not watching ads. Yeah. Um. So I'll probably do that. Uh. Mm-hmm. I I would pay three dollars tonight. Watch the same ads over and over again. Yeah. I'm definitely not watching something on Pluto again. So I might yeah. try to get one of the other. Plex. Well, it's weird. I've watched things on Pluto and it was perfectly fine. I don't know yeah. what it was about the host. So maybe it was I just. Maybe it was just that particular movie. They were like, "Give us as much ads money, as we can." Money, money. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the gangster, the cop, the devil. Uh, you saw it on TikTok. I saw it on Instagram. Three weeks later, I guarantee mm-hmm. you that's how it happened. Yeah. Because uh, I did, in fact, hear about it on Instagram. Uh, the gangster, the cop, the devil. That is going to be our assignment for next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Happy New Year. Uh, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we're Keystone underscore film underscore review. Facebook and TikTok, Keys- and YouTube, Keystone Film Review. Yes, sir. And letterbox. I am Mike KFR. And I'm Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week. When we watch a Korean film. How many weeks until we don't watch a Korean film? That's the real question. What I figured I'd double down on it this week because I don't know when the next time we're going to be like, oh, let's let's watch another one. <laughs> Legitimately, if Streaming Roulette next week comes up with a Korean film, mm-hmm. we're watching it. We got to watch it. It's, it's we gotta by watch law it. now. And then I will pick a Korean film for yep. the fourth one. <laughs> It's We're going to keep this going as long as we can, but we <laughs> will not, you know, affect streaming roulette unless it yep. comes up with a Korean film. So anyway, thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.